good. I am in a good mood today, Johnny boy. I am Darren Carp, Daddy Cat. Hello. Hey. Here with here with ooh 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 Mama Bear. Ooh. So much so that my my own mother did ooh on the phone the no, other day. No, she did John. not. Yes, she did. Oh yes, my she God. did. You know she's our number one fan. You know that she gets <laughs> mad when you don't post the fucking shit correctly. Oh, I know. And it's Trust on you. me. I think about and, her almost every single time I put the show up because I'm. Well, it's already, about time. You know what I mean. Yeah. You're not thinking about her enough, and yeah, we've had enough collectively as a unit, as a mother daughter unit. We're, <laughs> we're sick of your white man shit. Uh, oh wow, oh, this oh. went somewhere I wasn't expecting. Oh. <laughs> oh. Very quickly. <laughs> oh wow. Oh well, I will say. Yeah. Oh. oh, I will oh. say, Darren. We have to just be honest here with the listeners. We just recorded our breaking news episode, which is up on the feed now, about Adnan Syed. We're recording this episode way in advance of when you're hearing it. Um, obviously, this is now Monday for us. But um, I said at the end of that episode, Darren, I was like, I've got a little bit of like a buzz going here because we I were do. just so excited to, you know. The other thing I was thinking in between the episodes was like. We never really get to report or mention like really exciting good news on the show. It's usually like yeah. death and destruction and the people who did it. Yeah. So it felt nice to sort of be like, hey, listeners, there's been some justice in the world. You know what I mean? I don't know if you felt that way, but I did. Um, I absolutely did. I mean, I I, I absolutely. It's yeah. funny because the recording, if you don't normally listen to our NMRs, I understand, but I think this one's actually pretty good because you get our complete, just natural reaction almost as <laughs> yeah. it was going down. Like yeah. I came in from the rain, came in, <laughs> like as John was like texting me about it. We were like watching everything going down and just like we really hopped on the mic. We really think, truly within did. five minutes, and so you can honestly get our our honest reactions to everything. And just so you know, like that's, especially with this case, especially knowing 30 days, like you can expect that to kind of go down for us just because we've been, oh yeah, you know, really monitoring this for a lot of reasons. Um, but it's good to be back with our actual case. And I do also want to say that what? I am having Why are you my laughing? drink, my, cause okay. my drink, like when you were like, I'm feeling a little bit of a buzz. Yeah. I'm drinking, Finally drinking a Java House coffee and I'm not having it with alcohol. Mm. I'm just drinking a Java House coffee. And mm -hmm. the, like this isn't even an ad for it this week. And I'm like buzzing it. from this fucking coffee <laughs> that we are also recording at night with. So I'm just like never going to sleep. Never going to fucking well, sleep. I'm so glad that you've finally been able to ingest that. You know, I dropped that off to you like over a month ago, Darren. Okay. Okay. That, well, that sweetie, coffee. I was not around. And then someone was staying in my apartment because I wasn't around. Who was that? Let's remind. Was who was that? Let me say something. I was tempted to drink some of that coffee, and then I didn't know how know to you use your to. Nespresso machine or anything. And I was like, I'm just going to leave this be because oh, I'm going to break something. So, yeah. It's funny because, like, my dad is really into – my dad, like, builds computers, and he knows tech oh. and stuff like that. And I remember when, like, Universal Remotes were first coming out, and he got one of those ones that was, like – The big, giant, really in the future. One big giant one but like mm -hmm. you touched a screen and this and that and like <laughs> every time we wanted to watch tv i never fucking understood how to use it and i was like dad uh -huh. this is your barrier like you are you are creating yeah. a perfect safe space for you because you have literally set up a situation where no one else has any idea <laughs> how to use this system yeah. that we are now beholden to you that to you get you. to decide what we're watching on tv and i was like and that can't be good for me and this no. is what i've done with the coffee i didn't want you to drink the java house <laughs> so i bought a system that you have no idea how to operate well, because i just i was selfish and i didn't want you to take my shit 
Well, Java House will always be my number one choice for coffee, and I'm not joking. It really is that good. Um, number two will have to always be Starbucks because we do know that it is better than Dunkin' Donuts coffee again, amongst the two of them. And Darren, I think that's Lucky- easy for you because you know that mm-hmm. Starbucks has always come number two in the debate between you and me. Whereas, like, okay. I choose number one, and then you get number that. two. See how that works? It just no, it works. It works. I don't know about that, but I will say, um, you do live right, literally feet away from a Starbucks, which was very nice when I was staying at your apartment. So thank you for that. Yeah. I don't know if you even yeah. know that. Do you know that there's a Starbucks right down the street from you? Yes. Yeah, so right I, I, I've lived here now for a few years. Okay. Know. You know what's happening. Um, we should talk about yeah. what we are drinking. You're having that drink. I'm having yeah, what are you a drinking? truly hard seltzer. Whoa. What are you? Now, are you rushing a fraternity that I'm not I aware know. of? Or I know. what's. Here's the situation. Are you I'm still John? It. Hold on. Let me open it. Are you still Mama Bear? Are you I am. still oh. a person? And he sips it. It's strawberry lemonade, and it is so good. Why is it in a black can? It's normally in a white can. Truly's? Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe it's like a... Maybe it's your new packaging. Must be. I don't know. It's delicious, and I've had it. I don't drink a lot of those. I only drink high noons because it's malt liquor, not vodka with them. Uh, so okay. I, I like have kind of bad reactions to them. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, listen, they are delicious for a reason. They're delicious. I've had this truly in my refrigerator for almost four or five months at this point. And I was like, I got to bring this upstairs when I record or it's just going to always sit in my refrigerator. And I'm glad I finally did. So that's what I'm I'm truly happy with my truly strawberry lemonade. That's all I can say. Well, that's well, that's yeah. good. That's good. We should get into the episode. Darren, we've been bantering enough. We've been easing the listener in enough. It's time now to get into the details of some very disturbing true crime cases. Let's do it. Sounds good. So on August 7th, 1943, Stella Stevenson was born in Colton, Oregon. Stella grew up in a very poor family and got pregnant for the first time in 1959 at the age of 16. Wow. And... You know, listen, kids getting pregnant is always, you know, something to be concerned about. You know, it doesn't mean it's the end of the road or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, you kind of hope that people are making decisions later on in life when it comes to childbirth and, and family things. But nonetheless, after giving birth to her eldest daughter, Cynthia, Stella moved to Southern California, got married and gave birth to a second daughter. In 1968, Stella was convicted on a fraud charge and she was found guilty and spent six months in jail. And a year later, she was charged with child abuse for allegedly beating nine-year-old Cynthia with a curtain rod. Okay, so things are getting a little unsettling over here at the household of Stella's. Um, Although Stella was not in prison, she was ordered by the court to attend counseling sessions In 1971, uh, Stella found herself in trouble again. This time she was charged with forgery, which I feel like you don't hear about that a lot. I was just going (laughs) to say that, like, I feel like the last time I really heard about it, and granted, I'm not paying attention so much so close to, like, these white collar crimes, like, maybe in, like, embezzling. There's also, like, a forgery crime, but, like, it feels very catch me if you can. And it feels (laughs) very, like, 60s, 70s, and not really, like, 2022, because, like, yeah. I don't know. With technology, I just well, feel yeah. like it's so easy to do that. I mean, like deep fake technology of you can get President Obama looking like President I Obama know. saying something that he didn't say. It's like, that's forgery. No, for sure. I mean, 
Yeah, right. I mean, in the seven, 1971, there were more checks, you know, paper trails were ha- more of a thing than they were, they are nowadays. So yeah, you're right. It probably was a technology thing. Yeah. 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 Well, in 1974, a few years later, Stella met a man named Bruce Nickel, who worked as a heavy equipment operator. Bruce, however, was also a heavy drinker, much like Darren and I, um, it, which Stella likes because she too liked to drink and party. So she, this was like a match made in heaven in a lot of ways. But let's be honest, drinking, partying, I don't know, with her, her background here in forgery and child abuse, probably not a good mix. Yeah, never a good idea, although she was a <laughs> child when she had a child. So maybe there's a lot going right. on there that we don't know. But in 1976, Stella and Bruce were married, and Bruce became father to Stella's two daughters, and the family moved to Auburn, Washington. As their marriage progressed, however, Stella and Bruce's relationship became troubled. Bruce began to, Bruce began trying to get sober. He actually went to rehab and was eventually able to give up drinking completely, which is very hard and very difficult, and it is a disease. And Absolutely. Stella. Stella actually resented this. She liked having a partner to go drinking with, and she no longer had that in her husband. And I imagine, I'm putting my two cents there in my psychology brain here, I imagine if he was participating in this sort of bad-on-bad bad behavior, let's say drinking is bad behavior, that she probably felt less guilty about it. But when it's just her, right. there's probably a lot of guilt in her mind. Resentment's going to build up against her husband. And instead of going to the bar, Stella took up home aquariums as her new hobby, all the while growing more and more resentful of Bruce. So it's just insidious, this resentment here. Can I just say one thing about home aquariums as a hobby? They are expensive as hell. The salt water? The The salt salt water water ones? ones. Oh my God, because I was obsessed with salt water fish when I was a kid and like, oh Oh, you were? Yeah, I wanted to be a biologist. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, then you may know even more than I do, but my sister was like kind of into this as well. She had this gigantic tank. I mean, just the tank alone was like $500. And I'm like, okay, this is too much for a couple of fish. I'm just praying around in the my background. kids don't have expensive hobbies. Like, I'm just <laughs> right. praying. Like, right. praying. Like, right. you can't become an equestrian. No. You're not going to like, like, we're just going to play stickball on the street. Yeah, exactly. Stickball on the street. Yep. So. On June 5th, 1986, 52-year-old Bruce came home from work complaining of a headache. To alleviate the pain, he retrieved a bottle of extra-strength extra Excedrin pills from the medicine cabinet and swallowed four pills. Shout out to Excedrin here. My mom is a big, as much as I'm a fan of lactate, my mom is a big proponent of Excedrin. And I will say that it's got a little caffeine in it, so I think that does help. But... Nothing cures a headache like Excedrin migraine. Is that right? I didn't even know that. Oh. Okay. Okay. Big proponent of it, like okay. big big fan. By the way, not a, a not a an ad partner, but if they want to be, sure, join us. I just find that when I infrequently have a headache, I yeah, find yeah. that Excedrin kind of gets it done the best. Again, okay. not an everyday pill, but listen, we tried so with cheese. It we we can try it with Excedrin. Let's make it happen. Poof feeds. Yeah, Excedrin poof. Poof. Poof yeah, poof it is. So he's <laughs> got this headache. He swallows four Excedrin. A few minutes later, Bruce collapsed he was rushed to the hospital uh rushed to the nearby hospital harborview medical center but doctors were unable to resuscitate him and he was pronounced dead huge fear of mine just like all of a sudden just like you're there one second and you're just Mm -hmm. not the next the doctor that treated him ruled the cause of death as emphysema which feels wrong on its face yeah i mean especially knowing what we know now in 2022 but i'm not a doctor I'm not a doctor either, but I think I know enough about emphysema to think that that's not exactly how this goes. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor. 
Well, 40-year-old Susan Snow and her husband, Paul Webking, lived with their... Uh, <laughs> this is 56, probably. We've got a typo on our notes here. It said 156-year-old daughter. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Damn. That's old. Damn. Uh, what's so what's Susan, her skincare routine? Um, <laughs> it, wait a second, though, because it does say yeah. 40-year-old Susan Snow and her husband, Paul Webkin, huh. lived with yeah. their 56-year-old daughter. Maybe it's 15. Maybe it's 15. I would imagine it's 15. Who has a 56-year-old daughter? You know what I mean? That's what I was Wait a minute. If okay. 40-year-old Susan... This right, is like exactly. SATs. Four-year-old Susan 50, exactly. has a 56-year-old so, daughter. We've got a problem. It didn't make sense. No. We have typo. All right. We got this together. So let me, Megan, this is on Megan, it. to be clear. This is on Megan, and we're going to have to Absolutely. talk to her about this. Yeah. We're going to say, Megan, humans can't live to 156, 56. Megan. 40-year-olds can't God. have 56-year-old daughters. Okay. Megan. Texted Jeremy, Tina. Tina. Anyway. All right. Back to so, the show. 40-year-old Susan Snow and her husband, Paul Webking, lived with their 15-year-old daughter in Auburn, Washington, which is the same town as Stella and Bruce. Right. And on the morning of June 11th, 1986, Susan woke up with a headache, took two extra-strength Excedrin pills to try and get rid of it before work. Okay. Paul also took two pills from the same bottle to help alleviate his arthritis. And at 6.30 in the morning, their daughter found Susan's body on the bathroom floor. Uh, she was rushed to Harborview Medical Center, and she was pronounced dead later that day. Now, listen, I'm going to say I don't this. think my mom's a proponent of this, etc. <laughs> I don't know. If that's the... I don't know if that's what she's really about. Maybe but... not. But I will say, you know, in my old age, Darren, and all this pickleball I've been playing, I come home, I take an ibuprofen, an Advil, whatever, and I feel like a brand new man. So wow. highly recommend if you have joint pain to check that out. I thought Aleve was also good for that. Aleve is really good. It's basically the same thing. I don't know if Aleve. Hold on, I have a bottle of it right here. Oh no, it's on my desk. I I don't think Aleve. It's the same thing. So yeah. So Susan's body was autopsied during which time the medical examiner examiner excuse me noticed a distinctive smell. Darren, bitter almonds. Bitter almonds. That Which is seems... an interesting smell. Yeah, what I'm not does that... sure I could pinpoint the <laughs> smell of I an almond. Either. I love almond butter. I don't know if you've ever had. Um, I do enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, tests confirmed that Susan had died from cyanide poisoning. What is in this bottle of Excedrin? It can't be actual Excedrin. Investigators searched the family's home and tested an array of ingestibles that may have poisoned Susan, including the medications that were in the bathroom. The bottle of Excedrin was found to be the source of the cyanide darin, three pills remaining in the 60 bottle, bottle pill, excuse me, 60 pill bottle were found to be laced with toxic levels of the poison. So somebody is up to no good with this bottle. You better call your mom right now and tell her to check her bottle of Excedrin. I, I mean, I my mom's always been shoving Excedrin. Now. I mean, now I know, <laughs> Mom. Now I get it. But it does seem a little... This is also interesting because, like, yeah. that would presume that, like, you take it to have a headache, right? So it's like right. someone's trying to poison it in this bottle and they're just going to wait around wait till for someone, someone to have a headache. It, like it seems like kind that. of odd. It seems odd. It is. It does. Well, police immediately began seizing and testing bottles of extra strength Excedrin in local stores, Darren, and another bottle from the same batch uh, lot was found to be contaminated in a nearby grocery store. The drug. Now, thank God this is nowhere near Montclair, New Jersey. I mean, your mother could no. have really been affected here. My mother. I your know. Your mother's name is Susan, too, isn't it? 
Let's not get into specifics, but okay. yes. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying there's My a My mom's going to feel highly triggered this episode. Okay, she's going to call saying. me and she's going to be like, great. You right. hadn't mentioned that yet, and I started like second guessing no, myself. Like, like, do I have her name? Name right? Okay, well, no, you've got Susan, it. Susan, be got careful it. out there. The drug. She's gonna listen to this episode, right? Susan, be this. careful. Is my mom's new nickname as opposed to Susan B. Anthony? Yeah. Susan, be careful. Is my mom's drag Susan name? Susan, Susan B. be careful. Period. Careful. That's careful. Correct. Yes. Susan, yes. be careful. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. the drug manufacturer issued an extremely public recall of the ec- all the extra strength Excedrin in the Seattle area, and a $300,000 reward was offered for the capture of the person responsible for contaminating the pills. So that tells me that this was not a manufacturing error necessarily. It was more that maybe somebody was going into the stores, contain- you know, opening the the pill bottle, you know, God Absolutely. only knows how they sort of handled this stuff in the 70s and, and 80s. Um, on June 19th, after seeing the numerous reports of the drug contamination and recalls on the news, Stella reached out to police to inform them that Bruce died after taking extra strength Excedrin pills from a bottle with the same contaminated batch number. Mm. Now, investigators tested the two bottles of Excedrin in Stella's home and found that both contained pills laced with cyanide. By the way, I am already like nervous to ever take another pill from another bottle. Uh, I mean, we tr- it just goes to show what inherent trust we have in a lot of these companies <laughs> yeah, to be able to do this. True. You know what I mean? But absolutely. Okay, so as far as we know, she's not responsible because she just bought these botched yeah. batches potentially. And Excedrin bought, doesn't botched bought batches. Batch, bought bat bat. Wait, I can't do it. Bought batched. Botches. Bought, botched, botched batches. Botched batches. <laughs> oh my god, this show is derailing I know, quickly. It, really, it does, it does. Anyway. But nonetheless, when questioned about how she had obtained the bottles, Stella told police that she had brought the two bo- bought the two bottles separately at two different stores. So now we've got more than one, you know, store kind of potentially. And then you have to start thinking if you're in that area, you're like, is every single store contaminated? I mean. Right. I would be so nervous. Well, Bruce's body was re-examined and tested positive for cyanide poisoning. Stella and Paul Webking filed wrongful death lawsuits against the drug manufacturer, and all suspicion of fault was directed at the company. But Darren, like I said, I have a hunch that it's not going to be the entire, you know, the company's fault here, potentially. Well, yeah, like I sort of see when like there's, you know, bacteria or sometimes E. coli gets in if things aren't washed. But putting cyanide somewhere like that's not happening naturally. It's not a matter of like we didn't wash the Excedrin of its cyanide. Like that's a pretty horrible contamination. So the FDA conducted a thorough inspection of the manufacturing facility where the Excedrin was made, but found no traces of cyanide anywhere on the premises. Detectives now ruled out the possibility that the contamination occurred during manufacturing, which again, cyanide, it's like, it shouldn't shouldn't be something near wherever the fuck you're manufacturing shit for people. So it does seem a little odd. Again, it's not like a matter of like, we didn't wash the lettuce enough, you know, (laughs) you know, so on June 27th, the state of Washington put a 90-day ban on all non-prescription mm. medications sold in capsule form. Still at a loss as to how the drugs became contained, which, by the way, feels really big. A 90-day ban on all yeah. non-prescription medications sold in capsule form? Like, that is a lot of medication? Well, especially think about, <laughs> That like, people need daily. Yeah, I was going to say that shit. people need daily, especially, you know, like, elderly people or older people with conditions, like... 
that's a pretty big life change for them. Or vitamins? Like, uh, it just seems a little... A little nuts. So still it is a loss to how the drugs became contaminated. The FBI crime lab continued testing the cyanide lace pills and found that in addition to the poison, they also contained green flecks from another substance. Okay. Now further testing revealed that the flecks were particles of an, of algae destroyer, which is sounds like the coolest Pokemon name ever. (laughs) Algae destroyer. That's definitely a Pokemon move if nothing else. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu, algae destroyer, you know, Jigglypoof. Okay. Um, are well, you, all right. Are you you're somewhere. You're in the ballpark, I, but not quite I got at the home plate. two yeah, kind of. Though. Okay, cool. Right. It would um, be for a grass flex. type. Think Bulbasaur. Think Bulbasaur. Or Bulb. Okay, got it. No, I'm there now. I'm there. <laughs> okay. Um, so these Just green flecks yes. were particles of algae destroyer brand algicide, which is a chemical used to remove algae buildup. From aquariums. Now this is getting weirder. Now detectives now began to focus their investigation on product tampering and asked both Stella and Paul to undergo polygraph tests. Paul agreed to the test. Polygraph tests. Well, Paul agreed to the test, but later spoke out about his poor treatment by the investigators during the examination. Stella declined completely, claiming that she was too distraught to subject herself to the polygraph. And detectives found her outright refusal a little sussy. Even more suspect, however, was Stella's story that she had purchased the two contaminated bottles in her home from two different stores. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's not sussy per se. I mean, anyone can do that. But it is a little like, why would Well, if one CVS didn't have it, then I would go to another CVS. But I live in Manhattan where there's a plethora of options. And so maybe it's sussy for the time period where she's Mm -hmm, living. That's true. That she bought them at the same time at two different stores feels a little weird. I agree. Well, only five bottles of contaminated pills had been found anywhere throughout the country, which is pretty small. And the odds of Stella buying two of them Mm. purely by chance was astronomical. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And the police continued digging into Stella's marriage and found that she had taken a life insurance policy out on Bruce with a standard payout of $76,000 but an additional hundred grand payout in the event of an accidental death, which we've seen Such before. Such as cyanide poisoning. And get this, just linchpin here. More interestingly, at least two of Bruce's signatures on the life insurance paperwork were found to be forged. Oh, that old-timey uh, That old-timey thing where exactly, exactly. Oh, it's coming full circle here, it people. seems to be. Well... They also discovered that Stella had made multiple disputes over Bruce's reported cause of death ruling, even though the doctors at the time were certain that he had died of natural causes. Having searched her home, investigators knew that Stella kept fish tanks and found that she had recently purchased Darren Algae Destroyer brand algicide. Just to be clear here. That's a good guess. That's a good. That's just a coincidence, though. Just a coincidence. Um. Just to be clear, the uh, the algae side is by the brand a- Algae Destroyer. Just to be clear here, because it's like weird wording. So I just want to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. So, yeah, obviously they're connecting here the green flecks that were found um, within the, uh, you know, the pills or whatever. So the police began to heavily suspect Stella of having been the person to poison the Excedrin pills and that she had used the same tool to crush the algicide and cyanide tablets, causing cross-contamination with the green flecks to appear in the painkiller. 
listen, you got to cover your tracks. If you're going to be crushing up cyanide, you better not have any other connection to any other pills or they're going to find out. Well, one no- would think. One would think. Well, in November, Stella finally agreed to a polygraph test where she was questioned about her involvement with poisoning the Excedrin pills. She did not, Darren, surprisingly, pass the exam. Although detectives were now fairly certain that they had had their woman, they still lacked the concrete evidence of Stella's guilt required for her arrest. We've talked about this a lot over the years, over the last several episodes. Polygraph tests can maybe lean a little bit towards, uh, you know, an investigation, but it's definitely not enough on its own to no. arrest somebody. No, um, it's kind of like eyewitness testimony, too. It's like, exactly. it's like, sure, that helps lead an investigation, but that should not be the linchpin of the fucking case. Exactly. Well, in January of 1987, Stella's daughter, Cynthia, now in her late 20s, actually contacted police to share some information that might help them crack the case. Now it's getting juicy. According to Cynthia, after Bruce got sober, Stella had continually complained about wanting him dead, complaining that he was boring now and that he'd rather stay home and watch TV than go out to bars with her. By the way, this happens in relationships. You know, the honeymoon phase does not last forever, but That's nonetheless, true. Cynthia was getting an, or um, uh, Stella was getting annoyed by this. Cynthia, her daughter, told the police that Stella had previously attempted to poison Bruce with a deadly plant called Foxglove. By the way, that's some Harry Potter fucking shit. Sounds like a Pokemon, right? When she was unsuccessful, she began researching other methods of poisoning him that might be more successful. Cynthia, by the way, sounds like a stand-up gal, if you ask me. By the way, Cynthia was a child when this was going on, so the fact that she's able to recall some of this is pretty interesting. Cynthia also let police know that Stella spoke to her repeatedly about how they would spend the insurance money if Bruce died. Detectives learned that Stella had worked at the local public library for a time and were able to find library records, are you ready for this, of her having checked out several books about poisons, some of which never had been returned. So... Basically, she's ah. a witch, is what we're, we've determined. Well, she's, she's a, a library. Uh, she's thief. got a potions. She's got a potion book. She's got yeah. She knows what to do with with the cyanide. Well, Cynthia's statement, combined with the proof that Stella had indeed done significant research on different poisons, was actually enough to arrest her for the murders of Bruce and Susan, and for tampering with the medications. Now, imagine being the CEO of Excedrin, and they're like, "We're putting a pause on everything." There's right, exactly. clearly a contamination. 90 day, uh, yeah, right, right exactly, it's exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, on December 9th, 1987, Stella was inducted, inducted? I meant indicted. indicted. On charges of product tampering and the murders of Susan and Bruce. In April of 1988, one month before Daddy Cat was born, a jury <laughs> deliberated for 5 days before finding Stella guilty of all charges. Mm. She was given two 90-year sentences for the murders of Susan and Bruce, as well as three 10-year sentences for each of the other product tampering charges. All of her sentences were allowed to run concurrently. And additionally, all of Stella's assets were required to be split between the families of her victims. In prison, Stella continued to plead her innocence and requested an appeal with the assistance of the Innocence Project on the grounds that the FBI may have withheld evidence during the first trial. Now, Kind of like obvi- Adnan. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, you know, I think we're saying here, like, she seems fucking guilty to me. But like, is yeah. it possible she's not? Like, 
I don't think you telling, I don't think it's ever a good idea to discuss how you're going to spend someone's life insurance money. No, of um, course not. And, and when talk they're to still the, alive. And talk to so? your daughter about how you're going to kill him and want him dead. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't feel good. No. Um, but Stella also claimed that Cynthia lied about her involvement in the crimes in order to collect the $300,000 reward money being offered by the drug companies. Cynthia mm. did, in fact, collect the money, having brought forth information that led to Stella's capture. But Stella's appeal request was denied, and in 2017, Stella became eligible for parole. She petitioned the court, but was denied, and it was recommended that she serve out the remainder of her sentence, which is set to end in July of 2040, when Stella is 96 years old. Not sure she's going to be too much of a threat then, but Stella's 78 right now and has served 34 years of her sentence, so almost half of her life um, has been spent almost uh, behind bars. In May of this year, of 2022, Stella submitted a request for compassionate release. Meaning, basically, she's she's not a threat to society anymore. She's old. Yeah. She's going to die soon. I do believe in compassionate release, by the way, under certain circumstances. But sure. this time with a handwritten note to the board stating that she has health issues due to her old age and that, quote, there is no proven or even reasonable probability that I will commit another offense when paroled, end quote. I'm well, confident that that's true. Yeah, let me um, jump in really quick because the nature of her particular crime is very different from others in that, you know, her contaminating and and doing this. I mean, as long as you have two hands and are somewhat mobile, I mean, you could technically do this again. Well, right. If she was, you know, I think you can argue that maybe a 96-year-old man is yeah. probably not going to murder and rape a bunch of women anymore. I think physically that's going to be super impossible right, to do. Right. Physically, but poisoning someone like, yeah, I mean, like you could do that, you know, Yeah. do, do I think she wants to do that? I don't know. But, Who knows? but for yeah. her to say that she's, you know, there's not even reasonable probability is kind of off base here. Yeah. She goes on to state, quote, I am now mentally and emotionally cognizant of the immoral heinous act I committed. I truly and sincerely regret being responsible for the loss of those two precious lives. I pray for forgiveness. There's nothing in this life that can or will cause me to commit another crime, end quote. And I will say. I would want to believe her and I really would want to believe in the humanity of all of it. And I would like to think that if she did understand her heinous act, that this is, this is a fair statement to make after all of this doesn't mean she should be free, but acknowledgement at least of that. She actually committed a heinous act in June of 2022. The parole judge denied Stella's plea for release. So it looks like she's probably going to spend the remainder of her days or at least until she's 96, which is the remainder of her days in prison. Yeah, and I mean, the way I look at it, it's sort of like, you know, regardless of her mental state, she did this to collect life insurance money. And when you're murdering people for your own well-being, it's one thing, you know, listen, there's there's definitely different levels of compassion and empathy I will have for people who have killed other people. You know, I think Tara Absolutely. Newell, who... who you know, mm. killed her stepdad in a defense situation. You know, those types of things are very different than what what's happening here. She wanted the money. She went out of her way to make it look like it was somebody else. She knew what she was doing. And that's why I feel like the judge right. in this particular case was like, uh-uh, you're not, you're not getting out early after, you know, your intent uh, was very different. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Well, let's get to some um, yeah. listener shout outs, of course, ending on a positive note that's here. That's right. Darren, um, oh, yeah, go. I was, was going to say, do you want, do you want me to take the first one? Well, I'm going to take both of them if you don't mind, only because it, it involves you and I need your response. 
Okay, it okay. better be something sexy. <laughs> well, Darren, my friend Amanda in the Facebook group has created a separate Survivor Facebook group just for sussy radishes here on Shaken and Disturbed. Love she, it. She says, hey, friends, I know John and Darren watched Survivor last season, so I thought it would be fun to do a fantasy Survivor group called Sussy Survivors. <laughs> Amanda, Darren is is grinning from ear to ear. Darren, my question for you, which is why I kind of hijacked the listener shout outs here today, is will you be watching Survivor? Will you be joining yeah. Amanda's group, Sussy, um, sussy Survivors? I think I should. should. I'm normally really bad at these things because Me then I, I, because I'm so competitive that then I watch. <laughs> it's like this is why I don't play fantasy football because then sometimes I have to root against the Giants. Oh, you know, it's like those. my quarterback's on like another team, so I'm like, oh my god. But I, I, I do want to join it. I think See I'm going to like. because. Yeah. It starts on Wednesday. In fact, let me let me open that page right now and just just try and get join to it. it. I will say before we started today's show, we were in between episodes. We were just doing some things up, and Darren just kind of leans into the microphone, and she was like, "Survivor on Wednesday." I'm like, "You know," and then, yeah, I'm just like, <sighs> "Just Survivor on Wednesday." Just a reminder, just giving you a reminder. It's a lot of time. It's a big time commitment, but I I I'm not saying no. I'm just saying it's wow. a big time commitment. Um, well, how are you going to join? The fantasy group. I know. If you don't know what's going on. Well, I joined it because I want to know how it's going. I guess I will join it, though. I don't know. I just we... joined the group. Okay. All right. See how I it goes. I just joined it. We'll see. All right. We'll One see. step at a time. We'll get an update next week. And Darren, I also wanted to give a special shout out to our friend Jorge, who recently got engaged to his longtime boyfriend. And I thought his pictures on Facebook were so cute. Oh. I know that he listens to the show, so I wanted to give him a quick little congratulations. Congratulations, Mazel Tov. That's huge. Mm, very much so. Uh, yeah, no, I understand why you needed to take those sh- you, you shout outs. You see that now? You get it now? Yeah. But because you did that, you have to watch Survivor. It's one a week, babe. <laughs> Is that my punishment? Yeah, but the first, I remember, you know, last season, if you guys remember, Darren and I, um, we made each other watch shows we, we both love. You watched, what show? Moon Knight. Yep. You didn't get around how, to WandaVision, did you? Hmm. How could we forget Moon Knight? Hmm. Our friend I Dan made a really good point that you had six hours of television while I had unbelievable, right, never-ending amounts over several weeks. Okay, but I might have, you might have had quantity, to, like, I had There's quality no television this, to give you, and you gave me quantity of television. Excuse to me, watch. no, Moon Knight was quantity and quality all wrapped up in one. Thank you very much. Well, all I'm saying, John, is like it's yeah. starting to get a little cold. It's starting it to be spooky. Halloween. Yeah, it's spooky. so you can watch Survivor in your spooky fucking hoodie. Can because I tell the you, spooky hoodie season is here, my friend. Yeah, tell me. I'm going to talk about this, and this is not just because it's our merch. We recently posted um, a photo of us in our merch. Darren's in her t-shirt. I'm in my gray hoodie. It is so soft. I've heard that before. I don't have the hoodie, but I've heard it so. I want to buy you one now. It is so soft. I have, you know what? I'm typically, I'll be honest. I'm a typically an extra large. I'm a thick boy. This is extra, extra large because I like a big, thicker, um, you know, like most, yeah, (laughs) thick. Hoodies. Yeah. It it fits me just right. It is so unbelievably soft. Thank you. It's just a typical gray hoodie with our shaken and disturbed logo on it. 
I really, truly am so excited, frankly, to highly endorse our merch because I've been wanting to know, you know, both of us, Darren, have wanted to know yeah. how our listeners have liked our merch. So thank you to T Public, our, our partner in this. They've really made some great merchandise. But anyway, tell and everybody if, what to if do. If you want to look thick and if you want to look super sexy and comfy, then you need to get your Shaken and Disturbed merch now. We modeled our merch over in our Facebook group, as John was just saying. So you should run over there. Yeah. See how cute we look and check out our show notes in our uh, show notes for the link. Make yeah. sure you're feeling cozy this fall while listening to the show because it's kind of the best. You can be sipping your little pumpkin spice lattes oh, in will. your very comfy chic sweatshirts. Absolutely. And we mentioned this last week, but now is a very good time to sign up for Patreon too because we have some really fun October perks coming, you guys. Halloween is coming. Let's just put it that way. We've got a live stream in the works. We've already set the date between the two of us. We're going to be announcing that in a couple weeks. So sign up now so you don't miss the details. You can get bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes photos and videos, first dibs on merch, and so much more for as little as $5 a month. And you can get it even cheaper if you sign up annually. And Darren, you can also rate, review, and subscribe our show on whatever podcast form you're listening to right now. It really helps us get discovered. We have to thank Megan. Although she kind of messed it up. Teens. Yeah, she kind of messed up our Because teens thought you could be 156 years old, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, I believe in redemption, the power of redemption. Mm, that's fair. Especially with our... But, di- di- I will say this, Megan never messes up. So for this to happen is really surprising, to be completely honest Which I think you. we need to have a conversation with her We should about talk it, to her. I we should think. call her on the phone and be like, what's going on? You know? I think we should surprise call her and be like, there's been something on our minds. <laughs> no, that, that would be so sad. Really has been bothering us and grading us, Megan. And we just want you to know... <laughs> You put an extra number in the, <laughs> in notes. the document, and, yeah. and 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 that's right. That's inexcusable. That's, that's fucking inexcusable. inexcusable. Our audience won't stand for it. We won't stand for it, Megan. <laughs> Sabotaging us, putting cyanide excedrin pills in our outlines. In our outline, that's a good. In way our to outlines, that. this was I'm no excedrin. Saying, Let's put it that way. This, this was. Yeah, something. Yeah. Well, with that. <laughs> One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks, Megan. We love you guys. And uh, if you haven't listened, obviously big week in true crime just for Adnan Syed. Head over to our NMR right now to listen to our reaction to that. Um, Obviously, we'll be back next week with another NMR. Maybe we'll have more updates there. And we'll hit you back on Sunday with a brand new case. All right. And let us know what you think about it. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.